0: In this episode, my friend Eugene Barnes sits down with me again. He's been a guest previously. And we just catch up on what he's been doing over the last two and a half years, practicing the infinite banking concept. We had a lovely conversation. This man is full of wisdom. I enjoyed it, and I hope you do as well. Thanks for listening. Welcome to the Make It Live podcast. I'm your host, James Nethery. And listen, I'm excited to have my friend Eugene Barnes with us today. He is uh, a, a friend and a client been a friend i guess we've known each other a couple of years now oh okay um and you you have been a guest previously and i'm just telling you people love you and uh and i do too and so (laughs) uh thanks for coming back on eugene how in the world have you been sir
1: i have been just fine jane i have been fine I told Perfect. my wife the other day I was thinking about going back to Vietnam, and I write without a gun. I was doing so well. <laughs>
0: <laughs> hey, it may be a place to visit nowadays. I don't know 60, uh-huh. 60 years later, <laughs> yeah. fifty years later,
1: right? Um,
0: yeah, man. Well, listen, catch, catch us up. What do you, what what have you been doing? How's it going? How have you been?
1: Well. um, um, uh, periodically I've been telling, still telling people about the infinite banking concept and, and since the day I've heard of it until right now as we speak, it's still the best thing I've, I've been involved in in years gone by relative to saving any money and growing wealth to any degree it's uh, although it's not like becoming extremely wealthy overnight it is the constant growth that keep you exciting about what you're involved
0: in. It one way it might be slow, but it only goes one way. That's for sure. Only goes and, one uh, way. You know, are you familiar with Jim Rohn? Um, he's a, you know, he's passed on now. But you know, I'm a student of Jim Rohn, and and uh, he said one time, he said it's hard to get rich quick. He said it's easy to get wealthy with time you know, so time, there is an element, uh, no question of anything that we do, you know, uh, gathering up knowledge, you know, creating, gathering up wealth, um, you know, it, it does take time, but, um, you know, of all the things out there in the big wide world, people could put their money to, you know, and time helps them as well. I don't care where you put money if things go well, you know, if, If there's only one direction, if I'm going to pile up money somewhere and it's going to go up and down, up and down, up and down, I mean, how much time is it going to take? I don't know. (laughs) But if I put money somewhere and it only goes one way, you know, uh, I like that better. I'm more comfortable with that, (laughs) you know.
1: Amen to that. All right.
0: So, uh, what are you doing with yourself these days? You know, you're a man of leisure, right? You've, uh, uh, you know, left a career some years ago. I can't recall how many, but um, yeah, two thousand seven. Two thousand seven.
1: Yeah, I think about sixteen years this year. Wow! And last last year in this same month, uh, my wife hit a deer coming from work. Uh, but before then, I was doing uh, nothing with a capital N. It was by her coming home at night like that I've been hired as a permanent driver. I'm a permanent chauffeur now. Whether I like it or not. (laughs) You're a driver, huh? I'm a driver. And um I had to buy another car. Well, I still have the same one that they had an accident, but I had to have another car and I wasn't quite as strong as I needed to have been then, but But thanks to the infinite banking concept, I was able to get this car and hit it with a good blow. And things are still just going well.
0: Perfect. Things are going well.
1: (laughs) And um, when we were talking about what everyone else is running to, you run from. What they're running from, you run to. Yeah. I said, if a man tells me that sits on $110 billion dollars, I kind of like over my ears to a little bit of what he has to say. <laughs> and um, I thought about uh, a song that was sung by Dobie Gray back in the 60s about I'm um, in with the in crowd. You remember that song? No,
0: but education
1: I forget. I might have a couple of years on you. I believe that. <laughs> but I'm in with the in crowd and I go with the in crowd. Go. I'm in with the in crowd and I know what the in crowd knows. <laughs> You said I'm in with the in crowd, and i know every Ladies dance, I'm in with the in crowd, and where you can easily find romance. And this in uh from a financial perspective, that's what a lot of people are doing. They're in with the in crowd. Mm-hmm. It may be it, uh, I, I thought of that song, but um but when I, but but when you're not being taught anything in You're not walking among the wise to be wise. Now, I know I'll tell people that you are a disciple and follower of Nelson Nash
0: in the financial Mm -hmm. arena.
1: Mm -hmm. And um, when I look back at the Rothschilds and the Rockefellers and and Walt Disney and eight or seven of old United States presidents and people like that, and the people that had been extremely beneficial. Uh, and I th- then I think about the part of the 1% that control the other 99% of the world's wealth. And in Nelson Nash's book on uh, the warehouse of wealth, I think in there he said, uh, it was said that if you divided all the wealth equally among all the families in the world within, within a year, that 1% would still be controlling most of the world's wealth because most people feel like they need someone else to handle their money rather than educate themselves. I mean, and that is, is really sad. But well, I like to say to those people, if you buy a new car, you buy your, any kind of new car, well, you want me to keep it for you and drive it for you and come pick you up on your new car? <laughs> I mean, it is, it's the same scenario, just in a different form. Yeah,
0: yeah. Well, and you're so, busy anyway. You're driving your wife around in her new car. Yeah, you got time to uh, drive. <laughs> That's true, though. That's right. Or Yep. Yeah. Well, it's easy to go along with the crowd. You know, it's <laughs> it's a it's a little tougher to do something different and get out of your comfort zone and think outside the box or think differently. It's it's uh, it can be a challenge. But if you do what everybody else is doing, you're going to get what everybody else is getting. <laughs> right. Um, exactly.
1: Right.
0: Yeah, and you look at you. You know, we kind of talked about four hundred one ks. You know, prior to turning the mic on, and you know, and, and a four hundred and one k, it just is what it is, right? It's a government qualified plan, going to give you a tax break today for you, so you can save money for your retirement. Well, that's hogwash. It ain't savings number one, and you're not getting the tax break. You're you're postponing a tax consequence, right? So, exactly. yeah, you get a tax deduction in this year, but you're going to pay taxes on that money and withdraw. And who knows what the future tax brackets are going to be. But, you know, Eugene, they the, they make it uh, very easy. You, nowadays, when you go to work somewhere, you have to opt out of a 401k plan once you're eligible, right? You're automatically enrolled in it. if. If you, if they have it and you're eligible for it, well, you know, back in the day, you know, we don't have to go that many years back, 10 years at most. Um, you had to opt into the 401k, right? So now you have to opt out. They make it very easy. Now they use target date funds. You just pick a date in the future, a year in the future, 10 years, 20 years or 30 years in the future in the little portfolio. Um, is geared to a retirement in 10 years, 20 years, or 30 years. Target date funds. And then all they're doing there, and I don't want to oversimplify, but it's, they've dumbed it down to the lowest common denominator. I've got right. to opt out, so I'm automatically enrolled, and then I'm automatically going to be assigned a target date fund, or they're going to give me choices of a target date fund where I'm going to retire in 20 years or 30 years. And then The difference between those target date funds, the majority of the difference is only an allocation between bonds or equities. So if I'm going to have a a 30-year target date fund, it'll be weighted to equities. Compared to uh, a 5-year or 10-year target date fund, it'll be weighted to bonds. And my point here is, that they've dumbed it down to the lowest common denominator. You do what everybody else is doing. You set it and forget it. I'll abdicate my responsibility, just like you alluded to and said, (laughs) to someone else. Well, if, and I'm not saying money is the most important thing in the world, because it is not. It is not. But if it comes to creature comforts, And, uh, you know, you want a decent income at passive income time or retirement time. You want to do things. You want to go places. You want to buy your wife a new car, whether she hit a deer or not. All of that takes money. So why would we abdicate our responsibility over our money? It it makes no sense.
1: It makes none at all.
0: You know, just because everybody else is doing it and it's easy. it's, It's hard or challenging to do something different. You know, it's it's. It's a challenge to change the way we think, or even to open our mind to consider other opportunities. So
1: I'm right with you, you know Yeah. And and, and, um, and, and when I listened to um, li- listen to you uh, teaching on your podcast, I was telling Betty, I said, "Betty, you know, uh, teaching is, is one thing. Uh, teaching with simplicity is another. And much more exciting to the one being taught. Mm-hmm. Because he's being enlightened on some things <laughs> that we didn't hear coming up. I mean, well, I mean, a lot of times, we have said in times past, like when we were little children, I wish I was a millionaire. I wish I was a millionaire. We knew you to have Honey Bun and Pepsi Cola money. And the most of <laughs> the people we associated with one had less than we did. Yeah. <laughs> and so... When uh, when what uh, what I would get around to when I say when there is some savvy, fine tuned teaching with pucker, it can generate nothing more um nothing less than a sweet understanding, and understanding best thing in the world, mm-hmm. and it like and, and it really opened doors and in, in in enhance my learning. One day when I I think I had been out of high school at this particular time about. I guess about 10, 11 years at the most. And one day I decided to go into the definition of the word study. And I said, how many times have we heard that in years gone by? Millions of people heard the word study. And can give you a a good thorough definition. And when I heard it, I had this particular dictionary. It was a 200,000 word Webster dictionary, 160,000 entries. And I haven't seen, I haven't heard a definition like that until this day. Even when I Google it, I never found a definition like this one. And this is what it said verbatim. It says, studying is putting your mind into a state of contemplating the field, the application of the mental faculties to acquire knowledge. Such an application to a particular field or specific subject. And he said, it is an experimental interpretation and an exploratory analysis of specific features and characteristics. Now, I thought the definition was kind of strong. But when I got into the definitions of the definition, (laughs) it made it crystal clear. What is saying, exploratory analysis? Well, obviously, we're talking about exploring and analyzing. So exploring and analyzing what? This particular thing you're involved in. I hear my daddy say one time, I hear my daddy say one time, my mama kind of looked at him strange like she wanted to contradict him because to her it probably been sounding solipsistic, uh, self-centered. When he said, whatever you do, our father just had a third grade education. He said, whatever you do, try to be the best. Well, he probably heard someone else say it, but he was, well, he truly amazed me on the work that he done as a carpenter and a brick mason. The craftsmanship. When I looked at it years later, it was just as pretty that day as it was the day he finished it. Third grade education. And when he said that, my mama said, oh, babe. As if he said something wrong. Name of Floyd Bond called him Babe Barnes. And some called him Stonewall Jackson. When every time he started drinking, <laughs> he was Stonewall Jackson. So Stonewall Jackson said, try to be the best. And that statement, when I, when I said, uh, I, I gathered from that, when I, um, what was this? Um, another editor I was saying was, the more you like yourself, the less you see yourself like anyone else. Ooh. It means you are enigmatic. And there's a strong resemblance to no one else. And one lady told me, she said, well, you know, the Bible said not to think of yourself more highly than you all to think. I said, ma'am, you missed the whole point. This is for people with low self-esteem and depression and misery. Those people who have had this kind of stuff become a household guest. And it is an incredible display of gloom and doom being his only fate. Low self-esteem, People, I said, that's what this, this statement is all about. Not, not being egotistical or nothing like that. And so I think she finally got it. <laughs> well, people need people need encouraging in every way and for their health, and their finances, you need to get with somebody that knows more than you do in the area where you're having problems. And so, that, that's what I try to do, you know, uh, to make things uh, crystal clear for myself as well as anyone else. Yeah. Because uh, one lady said, I don't want to carry her, well, a motivational speaker said one time, it's a lot easier building a child than it is repairing an adult.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah.
1: yeah. I thought that would be kind of hard, too. But, uh, I've needed adult repairs as well as anyone else. Sure, but you can minimize the repairs if we're just listening. And un- listen to someone who already understands. Amen.
0: Amen. That's right. That's right. I, I uh, your daddy's the kind of people I like. You know, Snowball Jackson. <laughs> <Yeah>. I mean, <laughs> you know. <laughs> And it, it, going back, you know, the the craftsmanship of a bricklayer and a carpenter just dang near doesn't exist today. You know, you go around new construction and, you know, they, it's just not the craftsmanship. Yeah, they're skilled. Yes, they can get it done. Um, but it's, it's different from when I was growing up. I mean, those – there was just people I, – I don't know, and I don't want to paint with too broad of a brush, but it just seems like people took more – pride in their work you know oh yes <clears throat> and maybe there's even more specialized i mean i don't know but that's pretty cool and you can look back and see some of the work that your your daddy did that's that's pretty dang cool
1: yeah so. and that some of uh, cities that i go to every now and then most of the, the smaller cities around and um one place in or. Uh, in Wilson, North Carolina, kind of an elaborate neighborhood, and I could see the walls where he laid in the um, the the names the name of the division. You know, for the name of the division, the craftsmanship and this wall and stuff like that. It's still there to this day.
0: That's and pretty cool.
1: And now I, I worked with him for a little while when I first came out of high school before. I, I really got into my own workforce. And um, one day I was with him and uh, another man, uh, Mr. Sims, and they were laying on brick, and I was the, the brick man and the mud man. Oh,
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> pushing a full of mud. And, you know, the, the mortar for the, and the bricks, you know that. Uh, I, and, uh, yes, sir.
0: I've done that myself. Yes, sir. <laughs> Bricklayer's helper. Yes, sir.
1: And, uh... <laughs> <laughs> really, yeah, that's right. And I started up a board one time going up in the house. They hadn't laid the steps yet, so they had the long board. And I got up there and they got here, they had a whole thing of mud, the, the mortar, and turned it over. Hey. And uh the other man said to my daddy, he said stone. Said he said he was a man. Cool. Is he a man or a boy or a managed boy? <laughs> <laughs> I said, a it's boy right now, but I have another wheelbarrow in a minute like a man. <laughs> 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 I said, I'll be a man in a few more minutes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Give me a minute. But, uh,
1: <laughs> hard work came, and uh, I've done the hard work, and um, I, I was uh, sharing with my pastor, well I've getting this back to him since he made that last statement, when he said, where wisdom fails to communicate, the hard pen will make crystal clear. I said he was talking about uh, the Pennsylvania and the Palookas. in other words, the timid, the nervous, and the weak. <laughs> I don't know if you old enough to remember Palooka Joe. No, he I'm was,
0: not.
1: He was a real, he was a real nervous fella. All of his life, he uh, even wanted to be a professional fighter. He was a sort of like a Snuffy Smith newspaper character, and he hung in there from 1930 to 1954 when he finally faded out. 1984. Till he finally fell, fell out. I said, "For a man to be that nervous and timid and weak, he hung in there for fifty four years. He should beat a lot of debris." <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah. So, so life is going on as usual. Is it, still good? We're still trying to make things better. Uh, my job, I think, I've here to try to encourage people. After sometimes you have to. Uh, Encourage yourself. Yeah. When there's no, no one around to encourage you. If you're not with them in person, then get some of the writings. And, uh, you know, especially from a uh, financial perspective, I'm always listening to the podcast. Anything I remember the one you done with your wife, this, uh, Gina? Is it Gina? Jana, yeah. Jana? Jana, yeah. Uh huh. I said, how can how can you not win, Jane? Right. <laughs> how can you not win? You got Miss Jane. I told Betty she is uh she is uh picture book indefectible, the Proverb 31 woman. And uh, I know you know that, the Proverb 31 woman. Yes. And uh, another one I used was um uh fashion uh vogue magazine cover presentable and i'm sure that when you married her you had chose your favorite brand of human personality and exclusive elegance <laughs> and you tell her i said hello it'll help you to keep winning
0: <laughs> I, I will I, I will and she'll <laughs> she'll say hello yeah. back to you i mean um yeah i i you know i've said it previously you know that i married up that was really a situation too where uh and i think we told how we met on that episode you know i really believe that was god doing something for me that i could not do for myself you know because i'd have never picked her and she'd have never picked me but um one of the smartest women women i've ever met and uh so amen She's been a joy and continues to be a joy. No question. And, you know, I used to tell Nelson all the time and and same with you and and Betty, you know, a a successful man can't do what they do without a woman, in my opinion. Now, I don't, you know, want to get a bunch of hate mail or whatever for the single guys out there. If you're single and and you don't have a spouse, you know, and that's the way you like it and want it. God bless you. But (laughs) Nelson, you know, Nelson couldn't do what he did without Mary. You know, and you you couldn't do what you do without Betty. You that's know right. just the way it is, whether you agree or disagree is kind of my position on it. But so uh,
1: yeah, excuse me for cutting you off what you said that just then let me say this right quick. And sometimes Betty lets me know that <laughs>
0: <laughs> Well, uh, and she should. Right? That's right. Yeah, that's right. No, I, I I appreciate that. Um, I do. I appreciate that. Well, let me let me ask you. You know, it's kind of a side note, but was the uh, bricklaying uh, didn't suit you? I mean, not just dumping that one bucket of mud or that one wheelbarrow of mud over, but you know, that's not the career you chose. Um, did you get into carpentry? You know what what did you do, and why did you uh, do something different than what your daddy did?
1: Uh, what 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 are you asking? Is the turnover over of uh, the mud ended my career? <laughs> <What> <laughs> no. <it> <laughs> <laughs> I, no, I just uh I, I just couldn't get the hang of it, uh uh James. I I just couldn't get the hang of the that type of work. Yeah. I liked it and I liked I really even after I stopped working with the brick Mission took on my own own career at the Bronson and the industries and from there on to the Firestone and about 43 years of that kind of work. But I have still went back from time to time to uh, observe that craftsmanship yeah. that him yeah. and Mr. Sims and Huggins and the boys had so incredibly displayed. Went back and watched that stuff. And uh, what, what amazes me when some people make such a big deal now when I say this, I want people to understand that I'm not knocking schooling not by a long shot. But I, uh, but to see see these guys to turn out this kind of work, it, it's always been a me to me to see my daddy do stuff like that, and he had a third grade education. Yeah. And there, and uh, I didn't didn't realize this for a long time, but there was time when I was talking to him talking to my daddy and while he was working he was like he would answer me every now and then sometimes he wouldn't say nothing at all but his eyes would always be fixed directly on what he was doing and like he was in a deep concentration and i guess that's why he was at a master. At he was he was one that could really focus he stayed focused at what he does like <laughs> unlike me <laughs> I'll be talking about some things, looking around, know what the name is. Then I wonder why that happened. You know, this messing up to the degree. But, uh, but, but uh, I, I just, I just couldn't get the hang of it. I got uh, you. Pulling the <clears throat> string and, and putting on a block and then laying bricks by the string and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. It just wasn't for me. And uh, I've seen many cases where a lot of fathers, while hound their children into doing what they're doing. Mm. But you are a unique individual. You, uh, each person was created a unique individual. And not that I was asking God at that time, what did he have for me? But he already knew what he had for me or what was best for me. Yeah, so it just I just couldn't get into it. I got you. I got you. Yep.
0: And uh, so you did what you did for about forty three years, and that you, you changed up about sixteen years ago, and uh, and I kind of I want to go back to the infinite banking concept and refresh uh, my memory on how, if you would please, how you got exposed to this idea of becoming your own banker, and, and uh, you know after you had retired it several years, you know what uh how did that how did all that occur? You know what was your experience on there? How did you get exposed to it and?
1: The way I like. got exposed to the infinite banking concept was on a James Nether's podcast. Really? I was on the YouTubes one day. You know, um, a lot of the YouTubes is like this. It has, you may see, on a page, there may be 10 or 12 different subjects on cooking, banking, all kinds of stuff, racing. But if you click on one, then it'll, that all didn't show you a whole longer the list that you clicked on, right? And I saw becoming your own bank, and so I clicked that that YouTube, and then many more fell in behind it. I and uh, I saw a few others, but there was something about James Nethery making these things so simple, and so understandable. I had to look into it, and so it was just a matter of time before I gave you a call.
0: <laughs> I appreciate that So just kicking around on the internet And you, you pull up something on Becoming Your Own Bank And then the algorithm feeds you up A bunch more And, and uh, you resonated We resonated through video And that's uh-huh. cool I appreciate that yep. And if you remember when I've done the first podcast was on my birthday <laughs> Was it? Now I don't remember But thank you yeah. for doing that on your birthday It
1: was on my birthday August 16, 2021
0: so,
1: and then it's then I got been this, like a couple of years. Oh, uh, let's see. Then he was telling us about Nelson Nash, and then I started watching some of his videos and in podcast. And so, it's just been it's just been infinite banking for me ever since.
0: I got man, you. You and Nelson would have <laughs> hit it off. I'll guarantee you, y'all. <laughs> y'all had a great time. I promise you. And so. Uh, not so you you know you you listen to this podcast you you're reading and and you're listening and uh, you decided to put your hand to the plow and so it's been a couple of years and so what have you done you know what can share what you will you know I mean what what how how is the infinite bank concept you know two years later and and uh, well, you
1: know I, I want to tell you the truth you know um when, when we first started I had a, a a debt that I wanted to pay off. I had a little bit more than enough money to pay it off. But I was still coming ahead and I said, well, I'll just pay on a little more and pay on a little more and get it down and get it down. But when I got to the infinite banking concept and um, and saw how it worked and said, i get in and before I pay them off with my money, i go ahead and make my deposit, then get a loan and pay them off with that money. And then like, paying myself back quite the same amount draw interest of mine and you did show a company's money. And so, when I got that that concept and, and started doing like that every day, overall, well, this past June was three years, well, we're going to count it to October now. June, I don't About two months and in, in about two years and four months, we have used roughly $30,000 of um insurance company money and getting out of debt, getting another car and you know, stuff like that. Uh sometimes miscellaneous spending. But we kept the, the thing going, the payments going to our PUA and uh why we use the insurance companies money and paying a lot less interest, not paying no interest <coughs> to anyone else, getting rid of yeah. them. Yeah. Well, I have just one more that I have to do now, besides besides my mortgage, one more side mortgage, and we'll be be good to go, be sc- scot free.
0: <laughs> Perfect. So that's that's a primary thing that you've been doing is like getting out of debt, you know, capturing the debt, and then the car, uh, and then you know other things that you were going to spend money on anyway. That, <laughs> I got you. Maybe that's right. And so, uh, so you you discovered this, and and you get going about uh, fourteen or so years after you retire. And uh, and if you had it to do over again, would you do it again?
1: Would I do it over again? How fast? You mean how fast would I do it over again?
0: Well, I mean, would you would you do it over? Yeah. So. Oh, yeah. And I know it's a pretty easy question or, you know, mm-hmm. it's, um, of course you would do it over again. Right. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. if um, and it's making a difference in your life. Right. Because you, you're taking over the debt you don't owe them and you've got your your capital and your policies that you control and you're controlling the loan repayment. You're you're just. Practicing the infinite banking concept. You're kicking the bankers and the third party lenders out of your life. Now, do you think you would have had ears to hear this, you know, 30 years ago or 25 years ago? If you'd have been exposed to it, do you think it would have resonated with you
1: as a younger man? If it if I I think so. If it was explained to me the way that I heard it. I think I would have went with the then yeah. when I started working at um, uh, Firestone in 1976. That's been what 47 years ago. It, and in uh, I have understood stood the infinite banking concept then the way I do now. Who knows where I've been been today in the financial arena? Sure, because 401k just just can Just can't match up with that. It's too much government control. And they claim if the market stayed this percent, 5%, and they're talking about a straight percent, 5% straight does not beat 4% compound, I don't think, any day, if my mouth is right. 4% compound beats 5% straight. Yeah.
0: Yeah, 5% simple interest probably be somewhere around 3.25 or 3.5%. And then uh, 5% compound, yeah, it's going to out outdo that all day long. Um, and then and then the, the whole idea of velocity and volume, you know, that's completely left out of the uh, typical financial planning narrative, right? They leave the banking function completely out and they've dumbed it down to the lowest common denominator of uh, rate of return, rate of return, rate of return. And yeah. people don't, uh I me included until I read Nelson's book, it was about 18, 19 years ago. Um, you know, I just never considered the banking function at all. And of course, you know, I it was influenced by the narrative of the of the financial world, looking at a rate of return and safety and liquidity and risk and all of that. But it still boiled down to the basic lowest common denominator, rate of return. And when you leave the banking function out of it, then you never consider the volume of interest. And that's what Nelson said was the problem. You know, it's the volume of interest. Um, So, you know, I, I mean, I, see, I was a life insurance agent all the way back to 1991. And, you know, you don't know what you don't know. And if you're, close-minded and not willing to learn or think outside of the box or just challenge your own beliefs and i'm not saying all beliefs you know there's a fundamental philosophy that i think we all have and Mm -hmm. um, you shouldn't necessarily change your fundamental philosophy unless it's wrong but (laughs) 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 but i mean it's it's such a you know, and and I love you, you know, your daddy had a third-grade education. We're not even getting above third-grade math when we practice this concept, you know, just looking at interest compared to volume because we're considering the banking function. And it's so powerful and it's so simple if we just um, – think along the the terms of banking, right? If we think like a banker, not just a consumer, of course, we're consumers. Of course, we want to be the bank owner. So of course, we've got to think like a banker. And we start thinking like a banker, as opposed to thinking of, you know, life insurance, you know, the pennies in for premium and the biggest death benefit possible for the lowest premium. That's insurance. And, Uh, And okay, but if we talk about banking and get past the life insurance construct of big death benefit, low premium, and focus on the banking function, well, you got to have capital before you can bank, you got to have money, right? So capital formation comes first. And if you look at where you form your capital and build your capital, building your warehouse of wealth, in a life insurance policy that's a private asset that you control, that operates, you know, tax-deferred and tax-free, and compare that to the market that's only focused on the rate of return. So, and and then we really, we separate ourselves from our capital when we put money in a qualified plan, you know, until we're 59 and a half. Oh, yeah. um, we limit the loans, you know, if I have a $100,000, you know, balance in a 401k, I can only borrow $50,000. Right. It's 50 percent or fifty thousand um, dollars, you know, whichever is least. And so my whole point here is, you know, kind of disconnecting from the paradigm of focusing on a rate of return and just considering the idea, the possibility that you could control the banking function. And if you'll consider that and then if you'll think through just like I love your definition that, that you recited on study. You know, if you consider uh, the banking function and what that could do for you and your family, it's a hands down win. It's a hard hell no not to practice all of those other things, you know, and I'm not disparaging them. I'm just saying that what can be done with the infinite banking concept is incredible, um, yeah, it takes time to build capital, but, you know, here you've been going about two two years and four months, and you've ran $30,000 through your policies getting rid of debt. I mean, that's, that's cool. I mean, yeah. <laughs> that's powerful. I mean, I mean, would you rather put $30,000 in the 401k and hope that it grows? <laughs> you know, I mean. I guess not. No. Well, you know, and, and then, too, I want to go back, if you don't mind. Mm-hmm. Um, we were kind of talking about 401ks, and man, you were dropping some wisdom on that, uh, talking to some of your friends or acquaintances about 401ks. Will you share that mm-hmm. with me
1: again? Yeah. Um, I was trying to explain to him the uh, the infinite making concept and becoming your own bank. And, and sometime before you can get into the subject, fairly well. People change the conversation talking about what they're doing and what they have. They're really not listening to you. They want you to listen to them. And this fellow said, now he had retired after 25 years. And so he had $200,000 in his one I said, well, that's better than nothing. I said, but relative to what I'm talking about, you know, it's chicken feed. When you're talking about the time frame, and so, if I told if you take that two hundred thousand dollars and you divide it by nine thousand one hundred twenty-five days, that's only uh, twenty-one dollars and ninety-four cents a day. I said, to you divide that by eight-hour workday, that's uh two dollars seventy-three cents an hour. <laughs> I said, you very boldly and you vehemently grew your wealth at two dollars seventy-three cents an hour. I said, it's uh it's nothing to shake a stick at, but but when it comes to the time frame, the time is, I said, the most essential aspect of any situation you're ever going to encounter is timing. Another fellow said, well, I had $350,000 in my 401k. Well, I said, well, but you worked five years longer than he did. You were 18 1,825 days longer than he did. And I said, um, and if you buy your $350,000 by 10,950 days, he said, well, where'd you get that from? <laughs> I said, that 30 years down 365 days is 10,950. Just like his 9,125 days, if you do it by the day, you will see what kind of money you were earning per day. And so I went on up to one fella with the half, he said a, a half million dollars. Well, i use this other scenario. I said, if this fella had a uh, half million dollars in his 401k, he worked uh, 15 years less than you and 10 years less than what you did. And he has $300,000 more than you and $150,000 more than you do. And he still didn't have $100 a day. Because if you divide a half million dollars by 5,475 days, that only give you $91.26 a day. $91 a day, still even $100 a day. And if you divide that by eight-hour workday, what do you have? $11.41 an hour. <laughs> so... When Bar- Warren Buffett said one time in an interview, he said, some people spend and spend and spend and then they decide they want to count. No, you <laughs> count and count and then you spend <laughs> before you spend. <laughs> and that's true. Isn't that? And that and we've all done it. Oh, yeah. I have sure. I have spent money and spent money. There've been times, James, I've done something so stupid I made a tree struck by lightning look like a genius. <laughs> I went <laughs> I went and bought me a nice, beautiful handgun then had to borrow some money for to put, put gas in my car until I got paid. <laughs> is that, Mike Murdoch said, is that not unwise? <laughs> I mean, we did. we all do some, have done some foolish spending from time to time, you know, but when, 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 but when, the, when the financial vicissitudes hit you, hit you like a flood, it will keep you thinking before you start spending there have been some things I wanted to buy right recently. But I uh, also uh, come to realize there's some more things that's more important that need to be done first. And my mama ain't here to make me do it. And Betty, <laughs> I had to get a hold of her. <laughs> we have to get a hold of each other. But uh, We really sit down and discuss some things now before we do anything that makes sense. But from a, a positive in faith standpoint, my pastor used to say, you don't have to use the word I can't afford it right now. I can, no, I can't afford it, but it's just not wise for me to do this at this time. <laughs> I don't like use I, I don't like that term either. I didn't have enough money to buy a bag of peanuts or Pepsi Cola. I don't like using the term I can't afford it. That devil is a lie. <laughs>
0: That's right. I love that. I, I I love that. You know, words have meaning. Words have power. You know, if it comes out of your mouth, um, it's it's on you, you know, and you don't. And I'm just saying that you shouldn't let stuff like that get on you. You know, I choose not to do that today. You know, I not in my best interest to do that today. Um, I like that. Eugene and I had a lot of fun, but we did go a little bit long. So we're going to end it here and we'll pick it up from here on the next episode. Thanks for listening. Thank you for joining us on the Banking with Life podcast. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure to like and subscribe and click on that little notification bell. Otherwise, join us on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher for weekly content.